welcome back to the wise man's page the daily podcast where we read patrick rothfuss's the wise man's fear page by page this is page 424 listeners a bead of sweat a moment's hesitation but there was nothing not the slightest indication he was preparing a poison for the mare he was perfectly comfortable utterly at ease was it possible he was poisoning the mare by accident impossible any arcanist worth his gilder knew enough chemistry to... Then it dawned on me. Maybe Codicus wasn't an arcanist at all. Maybe he was simply a man in a dark robe who didn't know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. Maybe he was just a clever pretender who happened to be poisoning the mare out of simple ignorance. Maybe that was peach brandy in his distillery. He tamped the cork into the vial of amber liquid and handed it to me. There you are, he said. Make sure you take it to him straight away. It'll be best if he gets it while it's still warm. The temperature of a medicine doesn't make one whit of difference. Any physiker knows that. I took the vial and pointed to his chest as if I'd just noticed something. My word, is that an amulet? He seemed confused at first, then drew out the leather cord from underneath his robes. Of sorts, he said with a tolerant smile. At a casual glance, the piece of lead he wore around his neck looked very much like an arcanum gilder. Does it protect you from spirits? I asked in a hushed voice. Oh yes, he said flippantly. All sorts. I swallowed nervously. May I touch it? He shrugged and leaned forward, holding it out to me. I took it timidly with my thumb and forefinger, then jumped back a step. It bit me! I said, pitching my voice somewhere between indignation and anxiety as I wrung my hand. I saw him fighting down a smile. Ah, yes. I need to feed it, I suspect. He tucked it back inside his robes. Go on now. He made a shooing motion toward the door. I made my way back to the mayor's rooms, trying to massage some feeling back into my numb fingers. It was a genuine Arcanum Gilder. He was a real Arcanist. He knew exactly what he was doing. I returned to the mayor's rooms and engaged in five minutes of painfully formal small talk while I refilled the flitz feeders with the still warm medicine. The birds were unnervingly energetic, humming and chirruping sweetly. The mayor sipped a cup of tea as we talked, his eyes following me quietly to the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick, and I'm back again to bedevil us once more. And he's back, 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 back again. Nick is back, back, back. Come on, someone got that reference, right? Please tell me it's not just me. I, I, just, uh, I think you need to keep singing it. I'm not sure it's familiar, but... Uh, no, you do get it. I know I know that tone of voice. You are trying to trick me into singing something. <laughs> Listeners, a, a little known fact about our podcast is if you can trick Jordana into singing the verse and chorus of a song, then you have power over her and can make her grant you three wishes. Is that how that works? I'm afraid so. Once again, this this is quote like his brain is running a mile a minute and he's like second and then third guessing himself because he's halfway convinced himself that Codicus maybe isn't poisoning the mare and that he's been like messed up this whole time. And then it like hits him like a lightning bolt. Something that I think we talked about on previous pages that maybe codicus is a fraud and he's poisoning the bear by mistake and then he concludes that no that can't be true because he's got an arcanum gilder and he's just like he's flitting from assumption to assumption in a way that i find 
rather astonishing. And the one that I really want to land on here is he could have gotten that Gilder from anywhere. As Anakin Skywalker famously said to Qui-Gon Jinn, or rather, as Qui-Gon Jinn famously said to Anakin Skywalker, what if I killed the Jedi and took his weapon? You know, what if he, you know, killed the previous Arcanus and took his Gilder or something? That's impossible. No one can kill a Jedi. That's also not how Gilders work, because aren't they all attuned specifically to the person? They are. They won't work on someone who, if it's not the person it's attuned to, it'll nip them. Hmm. Like it did with Quoth. Right, but that doesn't mean that he's not, like, what if he knows that and he's wearing it anyway and he's just, like, gotten used to the fact that it nips him? Or maybe someone else made it for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, these are all possibilities. Because earlier on the page, he says any any idiot doctor knows that the, the temperature of the medicine doesn't make a weight of difference. So that could be a clue that that Codicus doesn't know what he's talking about. Or it could be Codicus who does know what he's talking about, trying to get rid of Quoth by saying like, you have to go before it gets cold. Leave me alone. And I think he's also playing up the impression that he thinks Quoth has of him, which is, you know, as a, as a wise wizard. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like that, but that only feeds into Quoth's wild suppositions, right? Like, I think you're right that Codicus is, play hamming it up a little bit for the rubes that he is an all-knowing and all-powerful wizard arcanist man but his combination of seeming vaguely sinister and also like not seeming to know what he's talking about all the time is just making Quoth more suspicious yeah i'm not sure entirely what what to make of codicus at this point yeah and we don't really get enough information or enough time to really make a judgment because before long codicus is chased away and apparently murdered off screen so again, I suspect that we will learn more of the origins of Codicus, whether or not he's actually dead in a future book. My uh, current front runner for a theory based on what we have here is that Codicus uh, is a legit uh, arcanist who is, uh, is doing this because he's been, he's been bought off Um it's possible that he doesn't care uh, that he's poisoning the mayor. It's possible also that he genuinely doesn't know and he's just like giving off, you know, passing on this recipe. But I think it's likely that he is uh, corrupt uh, and in the thrall of another. It's also possible that he is a uh, he is a conscientious poisoner. He may be doing this for what he believes to be the greater good and. I'm saying that not necessarily to suggest that he is a Amir, although he may be. Uh, but he also, you know, we've discovered in this read that there are a few signs here and there that the mayor may be warmongering to some degree or other. So it's possible that Codicus is uh, a sort of uh, resistance fighter or he is conscientiously trying to keep the mayor. It's possible that he is trying to keep the mayor poisoned and bedridden so that he's not able to do the kind of warring that he wants. It's also probably uh, simpler from a writer's perspective to have this passage and say definitively he is a arcanist. He does know what he's doing uh, and not muddy the water further by having more double bluffs. You know, he's faking that he's a real arcanist. He got this gilder. Uh, maybe Devi made it for him, whatever. I think that's a bit too many levels. Although the idea that Devi would make a gilder for somebody else uh, is actually pretty likely. But I think that the point of this 
passage, this page, maybe even this chapter, is to make it pretty much definitive for the readers and for Quoth that Claudicus is an actual arcanist uh, doing arcanistry uh, for political reasons, whatever those may be. And it's also a bit of a reminder that arcanists aren't all altruistic. There are corrupt arcanists. There are poisoner arcanists. Claudicus is the real dead metal, isn't he? Well, we're... I mean, it seems that way, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I have to say that the fact that Quoth is so sure that he is an arcanist and knows what he's doing is making me press F to doubt. Like, I'm going, I don't know, Quoth. I'm not sure about that because every other thing you've assumed about Codicus so far has been wrong. So why would I think that you're right about this? Like, I think that that is what we are meant to think by Rothfuss the God, but... Uh, I think that um, we might be wrong. I have no idea. Definitely swap positions on this, Jeremy. Yeah, like a lot. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Up is down. Black is white. I'm I'm proposing wild-eyed theories. I'm tying bits of string together. And I I I I'm busy doing exactly the same thing I was doing before you guys swap places, which is being happily oblivious to. Uh, exactly what the truth is, and that's okay. <laughs> Love that for you. Thank you. Do we have anything else we want to talk about on this page? There's at least one more thing I think Jeremy wants to, or Jordana wants to talk about. Yes. That can't be, because we're not at the end of the chapter yet. Oh, we're not? Oh, we're right. you're right, we're not. Are you sure? I am sure, because I did definitely did not read the end of the chapter. Oh. Where did you stop? Because you should have read the end of the chapter. No, Jeremy's book is different. So, finish reading the chapter, buddy. (laughs) The mayor sipped a cup of tea as we talked, his eyes following me quietly from the bed. When my work with the birds was finished, I made my goodbyes and left as quickly as propriety allowed. Though our conversation hadn't touched on anything more serious than the weather, I could read his underlying message as plainly as if he'd written it for me to read. He was in control. He was keeping his options open. He didn't trust me. Do we have any notes on that last little bit? Uh, yeah. Well, just that, that I think we should take Cloth's word for. That seems true enough to me that the fact that the birds aren't dying and the fact that the mayor doesn't feel that much different than he would if he had, if his illness had just gone away on its own. I think that those have all planted the seeds of doubt about Cloth in the mind of the mayor. Yes, I agree. And I think that plays nicely into my last note, which is that it is the end of a chapter. That chapter's title was Crisis. And boy, do you feel it <laughs> during this chapter. Yes, it's a crisis that we should all be alert for. And it's like every page makes you feel like the crisis is like there and now and happening and intense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if, if I was to describe how we, the reader, should be internalizing that notion it would be that we should be crisis alert that wasn't good let me retake that crisis alert there we go oh that was good that was good stuff (laughs) i definitely don't know what that's from it's from community oh it's been so long Hmm. disgraceful yeah uh well if we have nothing else to talk about on that final note then uh, why don't we Open up a letter. Do we have a letter in the mailbag? We sure do. Uh, This letter is from uh, Mike the Mighty, who writes on page 315. Hey, pagers, writes Mike. Something that has always bothered me is why Denna always has the need to change her name. 
Every time we encounter her with a new gentleman, she's using a different name beginning with D. On page 315, and sorry if this is late, I'm still running 100 pages behind, the letter to Quoth that he receives at the bar is signed at the end. What name does she sign it with? The letter D. She uses none of the names that are used to previously refer to her. Is Denna even her true name? I, for one, think not. For a book about naming, this smacks me in... This smacks me in the face as something important to pay attention to. And may I even speculate that Denna, not Auri, may be the lost princess and is hiding her true identity to avoid detection. Put that in your pot and crack it. Signed, Mike the Mighty, P.S. Hashtag Team No Pants Goat Legs. Um, I agree. I'm surprised I never mentioned this, but I also am a firm believer that Denna is not her real name. It's just the name she was wearing when she met Quoth. Yeah, I, I think that that is likely but also if we if like some of us on this podcast you like the idea that Quoth is always just randomly naming things without knowing that he's doing it then maybe he, that's what he's doing with Denna when he like cuz he like thinks of her as Denna right like he doesn't think of her as like the girl who I called Denna because that's the name she gave me but I'm pretty sure it's not a real name like that's her name in his head that's what he calls her and she says I like that from you best so those are all data points in favor of the idea that it is her real name. And he's the one of the few people that she meets who she actually tells it to. And I, wants I to think it's use. a little bit more complicated than that, Jeremy. I think it's more like Denna changes not just her name, but who she is. I bet she acts very differently depending on the person she's with or the name she's wearing and that she likes who she is when she's with Quoth. And that's why she likes the name that Quoth uses for her. But she's not like Auri, who is always one way seeking a name. She is always many different ways and wears many different names. And she just likes to be named Denna because she likes the person that she is when she's with Quoth. Ah, but is the person that she is when she's with Quoth not her truest self? And therefore, is Denna not her true name? Oh, boy. Um, no, I bet you it's not her truest self because she, we know she hides stuff from Quoth even. I don't think that one precludes the other. Toby, however, disagrees with me, and that's fair. Well, of course, Toby's going to side with Nick. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Say that's not that's not a fair measure. I don't know. You can trust a dog. See. Although I actually I tend I tend to lean towards Nick's theory because I agree that she does hide stuff from Quoth, so it wouldn't be her truest self. Are you saying that you can't hide stuff from people while being your truest self? I think that because of the way that naming is in this story, I think that like if you are being your true named self in this narrative, I think it would be difficult to lie to someone. Yeah, I agree with Jordana. I think that the Denna changes the nature of herself she's not just pretending i think that denna's nature changes name by name and i think that that's part of the the tragedy of denna yeah exactly like the moon like the moon the windy moon the moony wind but i think that actually supports my argument because if who she is changes and the self that she is with both is the self she likes the best then that is her truest self. And she is being unselfconsciously true to that self while she is with both being it. And you know what? That works. I think we've come to an agreement here. I think we can all be right for once. Mm. We've come to an accord. 
and we'll all be right tomorrow uh, with Toby on tomorrow's page of the Wee. Wee. Wee.